Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heta Vejagatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyana Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own beingness, your own shivaness, the one reality being all. This being you. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Oh no! <laughs> when life isn't the way you'd like it to be, what do you say? Oh no! This is happening. Oh, no, that is happening. Oh, no, how terrible. Oh, no, this other thing, something I want to have happen is not happening. But I want it to happen, and I'm not getting what I want. Oh, no. How much of life is like this? In any given day, how much of the time are you thinking this way? You think this way even when stuff is not happening. 
You think about things that may never happen. You think about things that happened in the past and are gone, except for you resurrecting them by thinking about them. So the amount of time that you think, oh, no, is probably way out of proportion to the amount of time that things are not the way you want them to be. You know, much of life is simple, rote, repetitive, and mostly the way you want it to be. But sometimes, maybe even right now, life isn't the way you'd like it to be. And when that happens, what do you do? How do you handle it? Some people get angry. Others get depressed. That's what depression is. Anger turned inward, eating away at the person who's angry. When things go awry, some people eat lots of food. Others can't eat at all. Their belly reacts along with their head and heart. Some use intoxicants or run away, seeking a better situation for themselves somewhere else. Busy people get busier, trying to change what's happening, while others withdraw and hide from everyone, even themselves. Blame is another big one. Some people blame others, while others blame themselves. That's called guilt. Some go running to others who care and then complain endlessly, repetitively, redundantly. Maybe it's so they can be the center of attention. I confess, I've tried all these methods, some of them simultaneously. (laughs) The only thing that I've ever found that worked is to open my heart while using my intelligence to make lemonade out of lemons as best I could. Open your heart and be intelligent. At the same time, is that even possible? Can you do both, heart and head, head and heart? I grant you, it is rare. The only thing that ever gave me the capacity to use both is yoga. How? Because yoga gave me a deeper sense of my own being, self. As self, both my head and my heart are tools which I use to navigate the world. My head is not who I am. My heart is not who I am. I am self. With these incredibly powerful tools, head and heart. They make me able to do anything I choose, and they make me able to choose wisely. This is explained in a sutra. Even though worldly processes occur, there is no inner disruption because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. Tat pravartav apya anirasaha samvetar bhava. Even though worldly processes occur, there's no inner disturbance, disruption, because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. It is the constancy of self that gives you a steady inner state, a feeling of your own beingness.
It's an inner knowing, not a thought or belief. It's a feeling, not an emotion. It's an inner sensibility called bhava in the sutra. This Sanskrit word is hard to translate into English. It takes a paragraph, like with deja vu. How do you describe deja vu in two words? In French, it's two words. In English, it's a sentence or two. Bhava means feeling, and it pervades both mind and body. When you have a happy bhava, your face is lit up, your voice is perky, and you're thinking happy thoughts. When you have a sad bhava, your face is long, your voice is heavy, along with your breath, and you're thinking sad thoughts. You can, in fact, change your bhava by thinking different thoughts. If you're sad, here's a commonly known remedy. List all the things you're grateful for. When you cultivate gratitude, it's impossible to stay sad or angry or anxious or anything that's unpleasant, any other unpleasant bhava. Of course, mantra is more powerful, but to do either, all you have to do is decide you want to change your bhava. When you change the content of your mind, it affects your body. Your brain waves change, your facial expression, your breath, even your skin and digestion change, along with your heart rate, blood pressure, and adrenaline, thyroid, all the glandular responses. Bhava. What is the bhava that this sutra is recommending? Samvetra bhavat, the feeling and knowing the bhava of samviti, mystical knowing, literally the knowing of concealed knowledge. The knowing of your own divine essence has been concealed from you for too long. You look inward and you only get as far as your mind. Oh, no! But when you get stuck at your mind, you can use your mind to open a deeper door inward. That's what repetition of mantra does, especially once you've received Shaktipat initiation. I'll repeat this. When you get stuck at your mind, you can use your mind to open the door inward. That's what mantra does. Once your inner door is open, the light of your own divine essence shines out, filling your mind and life with light. That's why we're here doing satsang on a Sunday morning. I'm returning to the word bhava. This sutra says a yogi becomes established in the bhava of mystical knowingness. Such a yogi never experiences inner disturbances, even when life turns them upside down. How would you like to be free from inner disturbances? 
I can promise you this. I cannot promise you that events will stop happening. Life goes on. Your karma continues to play out all the way through to your dying day. And when things happen, I'm recommending you open your heart and you draw on intelligence to face them. You're drawing from a deeper place inside. This makes your mind and heart serve as tools that you use to function in the world. You are not your mind. You are not your heart. Your mind and heart are tools that empower you to show up and make a meaningful contribution while having a meaningful experience. This sutra explains why an enlightened yogi doesn't need to leave the world because their inner bhava is steady, a constant inner bhava of mystical knowingness. How did they get there? They created the inner bhava. It's called karma. By filling their mind and a heart with consciousness again and again, they created an inner bhava that transcends mind and heart. They live in the inner openness of self-knowingness. That creates karma. It's the karma to live in consciousness. Let's look at karma a little more closely. The karma you brought into this lifetime with you called Prabhupada karma is of two types, samskaras and vasanas. Samskaras propel you into action. Vasanas color your perception of the situation. Oh, no. Affecting how you see things, your decisions and actions. Thus, vasanas determine which direction your action will take. Samskaras propel you into action, but vasanas determine which direction that action will take. Vasanas color your perception, affecting your decision and action. It's like you're always wearing sunglasses. I had a favorite pair of sunglasses for several years. Some of you have heard this story before. The lenses were grayish, like most sunglasses, but they were a pinkish gray. They made everything look rosy. The sunrise and sunset were more colorful. Even the clouds had a slight pinkish tint that was charming. The other drivers around me all seemed to be smiling. I loved looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. This is Vasanas. Literally, the word means perfume or clothing, how you present yourself to the world. If you want people to think well of you, dress accordingly. Perfume. Regarding perfume, vasana means how the empty perfume container smells. It still has the scent in it after the perfume is gone. It lingers. Or how fresh water drunk from a seasoned coffee mug still has a little taste of coffee. It lingers. This is vasana. 
I recently had a discussion with a yogi who was hampered by one of her vasanas. She was describing that her immediate reaction to someone was facing difficulties. Her immediate reaction is always compassion. She has a compassion vasana. Except when the plumber doesn't show up when you need him, and his reason is that he slept late. It's time to be firm, not compassionate. So her compassion vasana was getting in the way. Other vasanas might not be so encouraging. You could have anger vasanas, so everything makes you angry. Or fear vasanas, so everything makes you anxious. Or blame vasanas, so everything is always somebody else's fault. These don't contribute to the quality of your life or anybody else's either. How did you get these vasanas? You created them. You worked on them. Probably even today, as well as in the past, by the bhava that you cultivate. When you fill your mind with sad thoughts, your whole body, mind, and emotions will express sadness And you're creating the tendency to feel sad in the future. What color glasses do you wear? Every time you indulge a vasana, you strengthen it. You actually have to pick your hand up, bring it all the way up to your temples, take hold of those colored glasses and remove them. Don't put them back on. I did get rid of my rose-colored glasses finally. It was even better to see the world as it is, not with a hazy pink sheen coloring it. This process of taking off your colored glasses, getting free from your vasanas, is done the same way you created them. You cultivate a different bhava. You actually lead your mind where you want it to go. Earlier, I mentioned an attitude of gratitude, counting your blessing. It's a really good start. I remember before yoga, when I first heard of this and I tried counting my blessings, the very first time I could get up to three. I could not think of any more. It was pitiful. Actually, my life wasn't pitiful. My life was good. My mind was pitiful. My vasanas blinded me to the beauty of what I had. It's like I was wearing glasses with heavy, thick, black lenses that I could barely see through, and everything looked dark and somber. I persisted in counting my blessings daily. Day by day, I was able to add to the list. I could recognize that there were more. My perspective changed as my list got longer. And my new perspective made me able to see more blessings and lengthen my list even more. I changed my vasanas and gained a whole new perspective on life. Samskaras, the second kind of karma, are more outward-oriented. You can think of vasanas as an internal process. 
while samskaras are more about the world and your experience of it. In the Sanskrit dictionary for samskara, the first 10 or 15 definitions are about putting together. Literally, samskara means sum together and kru to do or make or put. Samskara means putting together, making perfect, accomplishment, purification, making ready, preparation. It even refers to the polishing of gems. This is related to the sacred ceremonies that are part of life in India. Like Christians have baptism and confirmation, Hindus have traditional ceremonies for the intention to have a child, for the nurturing of the fetus in the womb, the baby's name ceremony, a first solid food ceremony, a ceremony for their first haircut and a learning ceremony when they start school. The list goes on, all the way through to the cremation ceremony after death. These rituals are called samskaras. They're about putting together, making perfect accomplishment, making ready, preparation, even the polishing of gems. How beautiful. But we're used to samskaras, meaning that your karma is going to get you. Big difference, seemingly. Samskara also means forming the mind, training, education. A related meaning is the faculty of memory, mental impression, or recollection. You can see how memory Impression, recollection is related to training and education. You have to remember what you've learned, which educates you and expands your mind. Thus, you can see how the religious ritual is designed to lay down mental impressions of purity, a memory of an experience of God, imprints of consciousness. These can even begin to dissolve your vasana glasses. Karmic samskaras are about mental impression, training, and education. Specifically, karmic samskaras are defined as the impression on the mind of acts done in a former state of existence. In other words, you're carrying impressions, lessons, learnings from previous actions in this life or prior ones. These lessons are incomplete. And when you complete them, you learn the lesson, hopefully. A big difference between vasanas and samskaras is that samskaras will play out in your life, bringing you some pleasurable consequences from prior actions. And other samskaras bring you painful consequences from prior actions. All of those are in the pipeline headed toward you. But vasanas... You can change them. You can change the color of your glasses. This is one of my Baba's favorite phrases. He often told us to change the color of our glasses. For when you see things as they are, without all the doom, gloom, fear, and pain layered in, you'll see that they are simply events and situations. 
you do your best, you must always do your best, and things play out. Things change, you know, they always do. The one thing constant in the world is change. Mantra is, of course, the best way to change your glasses. After a few minutes of mantra repetition, which we'll do in a little bit, after a few minutes of mantra repetition, everything looks sparkly. It means you're able to see the consciousness that is radiating through all that exists. Mantra makes you able to see reality as it is. Everything is a form of divine consciousness, even when it's giving you a lesson that you've tried to avoid. Ultimately, that's all that karma is, a learning opportunity. Samskaras bring about worldly experiences that you can learn from. Vasanas shape your habits, tendencies, proclivities, even your talents and favorite activities, some of which drag you down instead of uplifting you. So they are a learning opportunity as well. You have some work to do, to work on yourself. No one else is going to do this for you. It's like lunch some days. Make it yourself or go hungry. DIY. Yoga calls it tapas, means you tackle the hard stuff. Now, I'm going to put all these Sanskrit terms together. Ready? Your bhava creates your vasanas, which cause your samskaras. Whoa. Your bhava creates your vasanas, which cause your samskaras. Your bhava is the way you use your mind. And its effect on your body, breath, mood, feeling, even your sense of self. When you create the same bhava again and again, by running the same thoughts again and again, that bhava becomes a vasana, a tendency, a habitual mood, a coloring of how you see life. It creates your perspective on life. And that perspective affects how you see things and what you do in response, samskaras. And it all begins with your mind. Whatever you are thinking, that is what you're becoming. This comes from the Brihandaranyaka Upanishad from 900 BCE, 3,000 years ago. As one thinks and acts, so one becomes. Yatakari, yatachari, tata bhavati. Oh, no, there's that word bhava again. Yatakari, yatachari, tata bhavati. As one thinks and acts, so one becomes. You create your bhava and your own vasanas and samskaras by what thoughts you think. If you want things to be better, think better thoughts. I focused on mantra. Oh, I also worked on the tendency to go, oh no, at every little thing. I learned how to say, oh yes, even to the hard stuff. And I learned to keep my heart open while making intelligent decisions. 
head and heart. You see, my head is not who I am. Your head is not who you are. My heart is not who I am. Your heart is not who you are. I am self. With these incredibly powerful tools, head and heart, they make me able to do anything I choose, and they make me able to choose wisely. You are self. With these incredibly powerful tools, head and heart, they make you able to do anything you choose and able to choose wisely. To this, I'll add a personal postscript. Nothing is worth losing my head or heart over. Nothing could pull me away from my own self, for my own self is who I am. And who you are, oh, Shiva. Oh, yes. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.